Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. tonight that will help you in the journey of life. We are, we're doing something called the Rx of the soul, the prescription for the soul. And it's our third part tonight. Week number one, we talked about depression. Last week, we talked about the battle of the mind. It's very difficult uh, to win this war if you don't win the battle of the mind. And tonight, we're going to talk about all stressed up and no place to blow. We got a lot of people stressed up got a lot of people stressed up not dressed up but stressed up we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight but before I do I want to give you something many of you folks do not know her but there is a fabulous lady pioneer a spirit-filled pioneer in our in our country named Billy Fluitt B-I-L-L-I-E Billy Fluitt who was and who is Jeff Fluitt's mom Jeff is a wonderful deacon board member of our church and uh, she passed today she passed at 90 years of age Billy Fluitt passed and I said, hell had a recess today. Hell had a recess because Billy Fluitt could put the fear of God in the devil. She really, really could. There was not a woman that I know, that I know outside my mother that could pray for you and you would say, uh-huh, I will do exactly what you say because you are praying for me. Billy Fluitt was a great pioneer woman. She built a church in Johnson City now pastored by her son-in-law and her funeral will be at one o'clock on Saturday there at Johnson City and uh, the family because I did I did Brother Fluid, I did Shelton Fluid's funeral she asked me she wanted me to do her funeral so I will be doing her funeral on Saturday it's at one o'clock there and then and uh, if you want to go to the uh, to the viewing it will be six to eight on Friday night so this is the only time we'll have to announce that. So we've announced it. We want you to be cognizant and aware of that. That's what's going to happen. And uh, I think it'd be all right. I think it'd be all right right now instead of praying for the family. I think it'd be great because she's passed over to the other side. I think it'd be great to give her a standing ovation for the life that she lived and for the gospel that she preached. Amen. Clap your hands for her. Clap your hands for her. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Amen. I've got 28 minutes to quit, so that means I'll be rushing tonight a little bit because I've got about 40 minutes worth of stuff, but I've got 28 to quit, so I'm going to quit on time. I promise you, if I don't, I'll resign the church tonight. If I don't quit on time, I'll resign the church tonight. Now, I may run my clock back a little bit, but the, we've, got, we've got to go out to the porch so that Vacation Bible schools people can come in here. This is where they dismiss right in here. So we've got to get out so they can get in. And it's a wonderful time. 186 kids enrolled in Vacation Bible School. That's incredible. That's incredible. Thank you for letting your child come. My subject, all stressed out, all stressed out. Let's go to the word of the Lord. The book of Matthew chapter number 11. The book of Matthew chapter number 11 says, Come unto me, NIV version, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Wow. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Not everybody can make that boast right there. Not everybody can make that boast. Don't say when you're all stressed out, it's a God thing. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. There's something else got a hold of you. I want to talk to you tonight all stressed out and no place to blow. All stressed out and no place to go. That's what it's about tonight. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor tonight for about 26 minutes. And you may be seated. God bless you. Proverbs 12 and 25 simply says that an anxious heart weighs a man down. Dr. Charles Mayo once observed, I've never known a man who died from overwork, but many men have died from doubt. One of the most famous Bible passages is the 23rd Psalm. It's a psalm that's given rest, it's given refreshment, and even revival to untold number of people. But someone has written another version of this psalm that I believe is a great reflection of the day and age we live in. Here's how they wrote it. The clock is my dictator. I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when exhausted. It leads me to deep depression. It hounds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzies for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it all done, for my ideal is with me. Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand performance from me beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines. My in-basket overflows. Surely fatigue and time, pressure shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the bonds of frustration forever. That's what a clock does. Famous author once wrote these words. Whoever dubbed our times the aspirin age didn't miss it very far. I read about a counseling center hotline that used the following voicemail messages. Thank you for calling. If you are obsessive compulsive, please press one repeatedly. If you are codependent, please ask someone to press two for you. If you have multiple personalities, please press three, four, five, six, and seven. (laughs) It's horrible. If you are paranoid, delusional, remember that we know who you are. Even while you have been holding, we have been tracing this call. If you're schizophrenic, listen carefully and a little voice will tell you which number to press. If you're manic, it doesn't matter which number you press. No one's going to answer anyhow. Have a good day. Or how about those messages that people leave for you? True stuff. When you get home, when, they, when you call their home, they can be pretty stressful and annoying as well. Consider these actual messages. Hi. Now you say something. Or hello. I'm David's answer machine. What are you? Hi. John's answer machine is broken. This is his refrigerator. (laughs) Please speak very slowly, and I'll stick your message to myself with one of these magnets. Hello. You're talking to a machine. I'm capable of receiving messages. My owners do not need siding. Windows are a hot tub, and their carpets are clean. And they gave to charity through their office and do not need their pictures taken. If you're still with me, leave your name and number and they'll get back to you. This is not an answering machine. This is a telepathic thought recording device. After the tone, think about your name, your reason for calling, and a number where I can reach you and I'll think about returning your call. (laughs) 
I love this stuff, but it stresses people out. Hi, I'm probably home. I'm avoiding someone who I don't like, leaving me a message, and if I don't call you back, it's you. <laughs> Hi, this is George. I'm sorry I can't answer the phone right now. Leave a message and then wait by your phone until I call you back. Or this one. If you're a burglar, then we're at home cleaning our weapons right now and can't answer the phone. <laughs> Otherwise, we probably aren't home and it's safe to leave us a message. Hi, this is John. If you're the phone company, I already sent the money. If you're my parents, please send money. If you're my financial aid institution, you didn't lend me enough money. If you are my friends, you owe me money. And if you're a female, don't worry, I have plenty of money. <laughs> and this is the one I really love. I can't come to the phone now. So if, well, actually, I can come to the phone now. I mean, like, I'm on the phone now recording this message. But I'm doing it now while you're listening to it later. Except for you, I guess it's now. <laughs> like when you're listening to it, I mean, like, wait, wow. This is so confusing. <laughs> it is correct to assume that there has never been a more stress-ridden society than ours. The easy-come, easy-go lifestyle of the old farm has given and preempted, been preempted by a hectic urban family going in six different directions when there's just four people. Existing on instant dinners, shouting matches, strained relationships, too little sleep, and too much television. And then you add financial setback to that, failure at school, unanswered letters, obesity, loneliness, and a ringing telephone, unplanned pregnancies, fear of cancer, misunderstandings, materialism, alcoholism, drugs, and an occasional death. And then subtract the support of a family unit, divide it by a dozen of opinions, multiply it by 365 days a year, and you have the makings of what we call madness. Stress has become a way of life. It's the rule now instead of the exception. There's no question we're living in a mess of stress. The word stress comes from the Latin word which means to be drawn tight. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To be drawn tight. It feels like sometimes you're the bow that's about to shoot an arrow and you have been drawn tight. One of the most popular phrases used to describe us is that we're all stressed out. 43% of all adults suffer noticeably physical and emotional symptoms from what we call burnout. Somewhere between 75 and 90% of all visits to the doctor's office, and we have physicians in the house tonight that can agree with this, stem from stress. And I share these sober statistics with, for you for three reasons. Number one, first, to help you see the enormity of the problem that is in the world today called stress. And second, to help us see that we are experienced, if we're experiencing stress-related problems, that we are not by ourselves and we're not alone. And third, and most importantly, is to remind us that there is hope. When you feel stressed out, there is help, and there is comfort, and there is healing, and there is peace for your troubled soul. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, you who are burdened and exhausted and stressed out, and I'll give you peace, and I'll give you comfort, and I will give you strength. Amen. Say amen to that. I guess you heard about the farmer that went to the government bureaucrat specialized in animal health. I told this several weeks ago, but the farmer sought help from an expert because 10 of his chickens had suddenly died. And the government expert instructed the farmer to give aspirin to the surviving chickens. Two days later, the farmer returned and 20 more had died. 
And what, what should he do now? The expert said, give them all castor oil. And two days later, the farmer returned the third time and 30 more dead chickens. The government expert said, I recommend penicillin. Two days later, the farmer showed up and said they'd all died. They were all gone. And the expert said, what a shame. I had a whole lot more remedies to give you. <laughs> Just a whole lot more. It's amazing that people are dying and we still have remedies. But I will tell you there's only one. I said there's only one who can truthfully say and mean it. I want you to come to me. If you're heavy laden and exhausted, if you're weary and worn out, if you're troubled and stressed, and I will give you rest. And tonight on this Wednesday night, I feel the rest of the Holy Spirit in this house right now. I feel the presence of God walking the aisles of this church right now. And if you need something, why don't you lift up your hands right now? Because I promise you, he can breathe on you and say, receive the Holy Ghost in this house right now. And you'll feel the rest which shall cause the weary to rest and the refreshing that only Jesus Christ can give. Clap your hands and rejoice to that tonight. Amen. 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 Among the rural roads of India, every now and then as you walk alone, you'll come to a post about shoulder high with a strong shelf on top of it. And these posts are called Soma Tonga, S-O-M-A-T-O-N-G-A. People who walk the roads carrying loads on their shoulders and on their backs can stop at a Soma Tonga and find a resting place. And they can place the load on a shelf and rest a while before continuing their journey. And now new believers in India call Jesus Christ my Soma Tonga, the one who gives me rest the one who takes my burdens and the one who renews my strength. Christ is our rest. He is our strength and he is my burden bearer. And right now I'm going to pause and say thank you, Lord, for being that kind of God to me in my life. Amen. He is that to me tonight. There's three things I want to bring to your attention. Some people say you need to escape stress. So we have the escapism. Escape the stress. That's the first thing that people look at. Escape it. Just get away from it. Stress is bad, these people say. So avoid it at all costs. Get away from it. Run away. Fly away. Take a pill. Ease your nerves. Take a drink. Drown your sorrows. Take a shot and kill the pain. Take, get drunk. Get, take drugs. Sleep a lot. Do whatever it takes. But escape. Just get away from it. And that's what the first school of salt thought says to us. We've got to escape. It's not a good answer to a problem of stress, but it's a popular one today. If you want to get away from stress, you've got to just check out. You've got to, you've got to get away from it. If you want to check out, go watch TV commercials and notice how many of them advocate the escape philosophy. It's what we're about. They promote it. They have just the right drink, just the right pill, just the right place, just the right trip. Got problems? Just get away from them. Get away from them for a while. Now, remember, don't misunderstand me. I know that there are times when it's appropriate and helpful to take medicine, and I'm not against that. Or to go on a vacation or retreat to get away, and I'm not against that. But I'm talking about this thing called escapism. This approach to life that is rooted in the mistaken notion that all stress is bad. 
I'm going to preach something now. And that overriding task in life is to escape from stress, to run away, to hide from the problem, to hide from the pressure, to hide from the demands and the challenges of life. There are some people when things come against them that are so heavy, they can't even come to church because they are so stressed out, they have to escape even from the house of God. I'm going to tell you, David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, when my heart is overwhelmed, you need to take me to the rock. That is higher than mine. David said, I don't care what you call it. I don't care how you say it. It don't matter who's in front of me. When it's time to go to church, I don't care what I'm carrying. I don't care what I've got a hold of. I'm going to the house of God, and I'm going to get some rest, and I'm going to get some refreshing, and I'm going to get some God in my life. Oh, hallelujah. You don't run from, you run to. I read about a pastor that was... He was an MC at a beauty contest several years ago, and he noticed one of the stage moms. Her daughter was in that contest, that beauty contest, and she kept giving her daughter peel after peel after peel during those two or three days of that beauty contest. And she, she was, just kept medicating that child, probably gave her 20, 25 peels. And the pastor finally came to her and said, I don't mean to interfere, ma'am. Didn't even know the woman. But do you think it's a good idea to give your daughter so many tranquilizers? After all, she's just 17 years old. And the mom said, oh, you don't understand. She has to have them. She's so weak. She's so fragile. And I've got to protect her. She just can't handle any of this stress without the miracle pill. They're just so wonderful. And by the time the pageant was over, the teenage girl was walking around. The pastor said, like a zombie. She had no emotion. She had nothing to show. And at the end, her mother felt like she had to give her some other kind of pills to cheer her up because she didn't win. It's pretty tragic. It's pretty sad. But that's what we are in America. Pity the young girl at 17 years of age that a mom has already made her so dependent upon things, upon things, upon things that can come into her system that can ruin her on down the road and cause her to be really a drug addict. And I, am, I know, and, I'm, and there's doctors in the house, and I preach to many doctors on Sunday, and I know that there are times that we have to have that. But I want to tell you something. Some of us have forgotten. Some of us have forgotten that it's not just all escapism. Sometimes we got to run to something. We can't just run away from it all the time. We need to run to something. And I feel like telling you tonight, and I'm going to go to it in point two and three. I feel like telling you tonight that I know a lot of us are weak. And I know many of us have struggles and trials and tribulations. And we have all that stuff. But I'm here to tell you there's still, and I'm just old-fashioned enough to tell you, there's still a God. There is still a Savior that says, if you'll just come to me, I will give you rest. I will help you in your dilemma. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you and my spirit will be a comforter to any situation you have in your life. I just don't want to see your life wrecked when I know there's a God that can fix and repair anything in your life. Call me old school. Whatever you want to call me, it's all right. But I believe with everything that's in me that God is still the answer to every dilemma in our life. He's still the answer to every dilemma in our life. He's still the answer. And don't say pastor's against me because I take a little medicine every now and then. No, 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 no. No, no, no. But I don't want you to get to a point where you OD on that stuff. I don't want you to get to a point where you OD. If you're going to OD, OD on Jesus. OD on Jesus. Escapism, not the answer. Run to the Lord and see what God will give you. 
See what God has for you. Everybody say stress. The second, the second thing people tell you to do is endure it. Just endure it. If you can't escape, just endure. Okay. I saw a sign a few years back on a dirt road that said, be real careful which rut you get into. You'll be in them for the next 20 miles. Now listen, some people get in a rut of seeing life as nothing or seeing life as just coping or seeing life as just enduring or seeing life as just surviving or sticking it out. Life is more than just an endurance race. It's more than just coping. You can get up in the morning with a fresh smile and you can smell tide all over your house. And you can smell cheer all over your house. And you can smell joy all over your house. Because God wants you to have that. In a Peanuts cartoon, Charlie Brown expressed it like this. He said, I have a new philosophy of life, Linus. From this moment on, I'm going to only dread one day at a time. <laughs> you listen to me when I tell you this. It's not, it's not important that you worry about tomorrow. Because God said, I'll be sufficient for today. I'll be sufficient for today. Everybody say the flowers, the lilies. He sees them. Everybody say the sparrows. He feeds them. He takes care of the lilies. He takes care of the sparrows. Don't you think he's going to take care of a child of God? It's not just enduring. God Almighty wants you to have a wonderful relationship with life every day that you live. That's a light treatment for a very serious subject. But many people today do see life as a grind, as a hard, grueling test to be endured. Where's the joy? Where's the zest? Where's the enthusiasm? Where's the excitement? For some people, the celebration of life has faded and died a long time ago. And now life for them is just a drudge. They cope, they withstand, they persist, they bear up. But surely God meant life to be more than just an endurance test. Say amen to that. I'm going to tell you one of the funniest stories I ever heard. There was a story about an old barber who was like that. He is in a rut. He was negative about everything. Don't you love to be around those kind of people? Just everything's wrong. So a man sat down in a chair and announced to the barber that he was going on a long trip to Europe. And the barber said, where are you going? And the man said, well, first we're going to London. And the barber interrupted him and said, oh, you're, you're not going to enjoy London. You'll hate it there. It's a terrible place. It's dirty. It's expensive. You're not going to like it in London. I hope you'll go someplace else while you're over there. And the man said, well, after, after London, we're going to go to Paris. And the barber said, really? Paris? Really? He said, that's a terrible place. Look out. They'll get your wallet. People are not friendly in Paris. You won't like it. Are you going anyplace else? He said, well, the man said, we'd planned to go finish our trip by going down to Rome, flying down to Rome. And the cursing tone, the barber said, Rome is the worst of all. Rome is overrated. The city's terrible. Don't go to the Vatican. You'll waste your time. The audiences are always too large. Why, you'll never get to see the Pope. And besides, he doesn't speak English. <laughs> Don't you love being around people like that? The man couldn't hardly wait to get out of the chair. And after the trip, he needed another haircut, so he went back to the same barber. And the barber recognized him and told him to sit in the chair and ask him about his trip. And the man said, well, London was just wonderful, sir. An exciting and beautiful city. We had a marvelous time, but Paris was even better. We met the most friendly people in Paris, and they went out of their way to make us feel right at home, and yet Rome was even more outstanding. Rome was a perfect climax to a wonderful trip. The food was marvelous. The accommodations were the best, and the audience for the Pope was just perfect. The crowds weren't, weren't large at all. We got right in. You said we couldn't understand the Pope, but he spoke to us personally and in English. Well, interrupted the barber, what did the Pope have to say to you? Well, he placed his hand on my head and blessed me, and then he leaned close to my ear in perfect English. He said, you got a lousy haircut. 
Now that is a great story. Somebody said, I'm getting out of the rut. Come on, I'm getting out of the rut. I'm not going to just endure this thing called stress. I'm getting out of it. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to be refreshed in the Holy Ghost. Because I heard a word fitly spoken tonight to my heart. I'm going to get out of this rut. I'm going to get out of this rut. I'm going to have joy unspeakable in my heart. And I'm going to be full of glory the rest of my days. Because I believe that God said, all you that are heavy laden and weary, come to me and I will give you rest. He's the rest giver. He's the rest giver. God wants our lives to be full. Gifted writer Robert Rains also directs a center up in the Pocono Mountains. And early one day he was driving in the woods and just enjoying the benefits and the blessings of an early morning. And he drove to this certain place and got out of his car and just to look over the beautiful scenery of the Poconos. And he looked up yonder and on top of a ledge was a young man with a trumpet. Early in the morning, practicing his trumpet, blowing his horn, playing, how great thou art. Just blowing that trumpet. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You get up here and try it and all these people. And Rain said, I looked up, tears flooded my face. And he said, the world just kind of rushed away from me. And God rushed into me. Because one morning I heard a young man who didn't know who was going to hear him. Didn't know if anybody's going to hear him. Didn't worry if anybody's going to hear him. Just decided he's going to play to the Lord that morning, how great thou art. And Robert said, I sung it all day long. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Here's the point. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what road you're on. It doesn't matter what path you have traveled to this point. There is somebody, if you'll just step out of the car of stress, there's somebody that's got a song for you today. There's somebody got a praise report for you today. There's somebody got somebody to tell you that's good news today. And it might just be your pastor to tell you that there's a God that is here for you right now and says, I'll take away that stress. I'll take away that. You don't have to endure it. I will bless you with a blessing that far supersedes anything you're under today. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. I got four minutes. So... I'm not going to resign this church. 826. So, the third thing. You can't escape it. You can't just endure it. So what do you do? You elevate it. Do something positive with stress in your life. Bring it to God. Bring it to the Lord. He'll give you strength to turn your problems into opportunities. That's what God does. Don't try to escape it. Don't try to endure it. Elevate it. Let me spur you into action. Use the stress to do something good for the cause of the Lord. I've got to get honest and blunt with you. If I never got under stress, folks, I would never get around to accomplishing hardly anything in life. So what I'm saying is, I would procrastinate, I'd put things off, 
The stress many times serves as a friend to me. So when crunch time comes, it makes me get with the program. You know that. You got out of college that way. Remember the powerful words of our text. Come to me, you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Then Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. The key here is yoke. In a nutshell, it means service or ministry. And what Jesus is saying here is put service to God and put service to others first in your life. And let that be your first priority and everything else will fall into place. And I promise you, you won't be near as stressed. Because once again, it's not just seek first the kingdom with your money. It's not just seek first the kingdom with your time. It's not just seek first the kingdom with coming to church. It's seek first the kingdom doing ministry and helping others. And when you do that, when you get outside yourself, your stress level goes down and the hope level comes up and you'll feel good in your life and good in your soul because that's what God's burden is like. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So, I close with the story tonight. I've got two minutes. I am a good pastor. I may not have spoke well tonight because I was running 47 miles an hour. But I know when to shut up. Man's name was Norman Neves. He had a father for almost 40 years. His dad was a traveling salesman, ground paper company. He traveled in western Oklahoma selling boxcars of paper to print shops and newspapers and office supplies companies and schools. And he worked very hard from early Monday morning when he would leave until late Friday night he'd return. He had hundreds of friends in that part of the country in western Oklahoma whom he had grown to know and love over the years. In January of 76, he was forced to retire at the age of 65. And you know what happened? Just three weeks later, he died. He died. A few days later, after his funeral, Norm went to visit his doctor in Oklahoma City to see what the doctor could shed some light on his father's death. Did he have a heart problem? Did he have a circulatory problem? What was it? Some other problem that caused his death. And Norm said, he thinks he'll never forget that Dr. Harvey, what Dr. Harvey said. He said, no, your dad didn't have any of those problems, Norman. In fact, there was really no physical reason why he should have died. No physical reason? What do you mean? Dr. Harvey looked at him and said, let me put it this way, Norman. Your father no longer had anything to do worthwhile. He had no longer any reason to live, and so he died. Here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes we need to be thankful for the concerns and the commitments that bring stress into our life. It's not the kind of stress that will kill us. It's the kind of stress that will keep us alive. It'll keep us going. It'll keep us growing because there's some things we've got to get done in life, and these things belong to the Lord Almighty God. Amen? Don't let the world stress you out. Don't let the world cause you to run away. Don't let the world cause you to have to endure things. You have a Savior that will be here. And he says, if you'll just come to me. Or as Bonhoeffer said when he was in the Nazi prisons during the war, he said, oh, Lord, whatever this day may bring, your name will be praised. Every day we must praise the name of the Lord. Would you stand to your feet? You're awesome people, and I love you very, very much. It's 830, and it's time to stop. Paul said it this way, bring it on, bring it on. We talked about him Sunday. Do you love the Apostle Paul? He said, bring it on. With Christ, I have strength to endure anything. Whatever you throw at me, I'm going to use it to the service of the Lord. He's my rock, he's my fortress, he's my strength, he's my Lord. And one of the greatest cornerstone scriptures in the whole Bible is Isaiah 
40 and 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can you say amen to that? Can you say amen to that? Can you say amen to that? There's no need to get all stressed up. There's no need for that. There's no need to just try to escape it and run away from it. Come to the house of the Lord. Come to the presence of the Lord and let God put his yoke on you because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Raise your hands all over. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.